Hello. Welcome to Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast. Today, it's my esteemed pleasure to have on photographer extraordinaire and author of Seeing Stevie Ray, Tracy Ann Hart. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing fine. How are you? Thank you so much for coming on. How are you holding up through all this um, stuff going on in the world? Oh, yeah. yes. Um, it's a strange new world, isn't it? Um, well, <laughs> it's a proper song. <laughs> uh, yeah. Monday, I, I actually realized that uh, it has been four months since my book officially came out, and I have yet to do any kind of live appearance or book signing or, or in-person talk or anything on it. Everything's been online or over the radio, so, so there's that. <laughs> you know, um, I, that's a, a nothing compared to what a lot of people are dealing with. So uh, I, I'm just blessed to have the book out and have a, have something to uh, to do during all this time of working at home. And so on. yeah, it's it's funny. Yeah, exactly. And the, and the thing of it is, is with. With uh, everything going on, which is unfortunate, you know, is that, you know, with a book, normally you're out, you're on tour, you're promoting the book, you're, you know, you're doing everything you can't do right now, you know, rubbing elbows, kissing babies, <laughs> you know, taking pictures, signing books, all those things mm -hmm. that you can only do one of them, and that's signing books. Right, yes, that's, that's not something you can do online, I mean, I guess you can use an electronic signature, but I don't think that's quite the same thing. No, 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 and and the thing, and I'm and I'm sure people can order the books and get have them have them signed by you, right? Um, well, uh, there aren't any signed copies available. Uh, you would get them from my publisher, Texas A and M Press, okay, or directly from independent bookstores like uh, Parnassus Books there in Nashville, or uh, Brass's Bookstore, or uh, the Young Center Bookstore here in Houston, and Book in L.A., but, uh, uh, you know, as far as having them signed, well, you know, since they're coming from the distributor and the, uh, the university press, uh, I really can't do that. I'm not shipping them out myself. So. Gotcha. Okay, I understand that. Well, people didn't buy them right now and then hold on them till you can go and meet, meet Tracy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I hope, fingers crossed, that, you know, this fall or winter we'll be able to do stuff like that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Please. Yes, please. From, from your mouth to God's ears. Um, you know, it's I, so what what got you into photography to begin with? Because, I mean, that, that used to be a little click of mine. So what, what got you into photography? Well, my dad was a professional photographer. Uh, he was uh, pretty well known as a medical photographer, and uh, he invented some methods for photographing the inner eye back in the late 50s and 60s. Wow. And uh, so, you know, I was always around uh, cameras, just like, you know, someone picking up guitar because they're dad or mom or granddad or whoever had guitars around the house. So, uh, so I had that. And uh, I always loved music, uh, very much into music. And uh, when, I, uh, when I was in college, briefly, <laughs> I met a, a guy who was a pretty good guitar player and a, a really great singer, and uh, I wanted to photograph him. And so I just put the two together, the love of photography and the love of music. And 
and that pretty much got me started, and I didn't really look back and haven't done that yet, but, you know, if they say, don't look back, something might be gaining on you, right? <laughs> right, that's, that, that's true. <laughs> yeah, Let me ask you a question, ma'am. Is, is your dad's, uh, when he created, was that, like, before the macro uh, era of, of taking photography, or...? Well, no, no, it, it was that era, but it was, you know, all film or, uh, uh, yeah, cameras uh, directly attached to uh, microphones, uh, microphones, oh, it's pointing slip, microscopes, <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, or devices, you know, to, to give uh, an ophthalmologist, yeah, an eye doctor. Uh, look into the uh, into the eye. Yes, I was I was going to help you out with that, and I flubbed. I was like the hell with it. I'll let her roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, it's something you know, it's like um, people say, "Well, wouldn't it be great if you know could go somewhere and do a book reading?" And I'm like, um, "Yeah, but you know, some of the." Uh, the highfalutin words I uh, hear. It's like, when do you hear someone actually pronounce? <laughs> 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 yeah, you yeah. Know, you know what I? You know what I say? Um, I'm real educated. I just don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, I think that's true of uh, a large percentage of the population right now. But you know, let's uh, let's not get into that. Let, let's right. stay with music. That's yeah, exa exactly. Well, and it's funny because you know, what was your first camera that you had? Like that you really started with? Well, I first got started. Um, I had an Olympus uh, SLR, and uh, that was. Uh, on the LM1, I believe, it was uh, one of the first uh, smaller, less expensive uh, film camera SLRs with single-lens reflex with interchangeable lenses. And then, uh, you know, I found that uh, at that time, uh, I had, there were a lot of limitations with, uh, with the lenses and so on, so uh, I got into Nikon. And you know, Nikkor lenses, uh, you know, the bigger range of lenses and the faster lenses and so on. And then I got into Leica. And uh, a Leica is a very intuitive camera. It's, um, it's smaller. It's, uh, the, the lenses are fast and incredibly sharp. And it's a rangefinder as opposed to an SLR, which makes it easier to focus in low light. And, you know, when you're focusing in, in small clubs, that was perfect. So, uh, you know, I kind of, uh, when I really, really, really got into music photography um, in the early 80s, uh, everyone was playing in smaller clubs uh, in Houston, Austin, et cetera, et cetera. Smoke, and, lights, uh, all those things. You had, to, you had to adapt for smoke and lighting and everything. Yes, yes, exactly. And, and the Leica was just a better tool for doing that and uh, an incredibly fine camera. So, so that was, uh, that was my uh, instrument of choice. And, uh, you so know, when Stevie... I never handled one, and, 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 I, and that's, that's why I asked you. I started off with an old 126, went to a 110 with a flip flash, went to a uh, Pentax K1000 to an MA Super, ME Super, and had an F, a Nikon F3, but... It was it, it, me and we had difficulties at times, and it was because of the fact that you know the Nikon, even though it was a great camera, it just at times we just had. So I, I'd go back to the ME Super because it it was more durable to me. I could bounce it around a little bit more. So it's funny the Leicas I've never played with, so I'm getting a lesson on Leicas. 
Yeah, well, you know, that was a, a camera that my dad was familiar with. And um, when he was in World War II, he actually uh, lost one. When, uh, his, uh, his, he and his comrades got shipwrecked, and uh, that was one of the things he lost. And uh, So, you know, he, he was... Uh, he was into Leicas as well, and uh, you know, he started doing uh, our Houston camera shows, which those are very much like the big guitar shows where you have uh, collectibles that are worth uh, uh, thousands to tens of thousands to literally uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars plus new stuff plus so on and so forth. And we had those in Houston, and they attracted people all the way from England and Japan and all over America. And so it was easy, you know, being a, a kind of a, a cavern board, it was easy to, to really get into it and be able to, to play around with a, a wide range of equipment and lenses, which was wonderful. And I, and I see and oh, that that's that's fantastic. I, I think you get the hang of it by I learned by playing with what I wanted to play with and got what comfortable what I would get comfortable with. That was kind of the deal. It's like, okay, I like this and but it's sensitive to this, so I enjoyed it. I noticed you dedicated your book to your mother and your father, which is really nice and I I like that part. I that was as soon as I got that part, you already had me with paying attention to the book already because I really liked that. I thought that was really cool to do and 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 sharing uh the part that you know, you kind of you're following your dad in the photography part is is really really cool. Um, now it, it's kind of funny to get into music and shoot music, which one is, it is, it is not an easy, I say it's not an easy thing to do when you shoot, uh, concerts and you shoot, uh, you know, sporting events, they're not always the easiest thing to shoot because they can be very unpredictable. So what, what tickled your fancy to, uh, the challenge of shooting in clubs? Well, I guess I'm, I'm kind of a wannabe guitar player. So, you know, what you said about uh, unpredictable and so on, um, you know, it was kind of uh, like I was uh, kind of absorbing the music uh, and, and channeling that into the camera and into my eye and, uh, you know, just kind of doing the intuitive thing. As I said, um, once you learn the, the technical stuff, then you're, you're free to fly pretty much. And... Uh, I just, you know, it was kind of, it was, it's predictive uh, as opposed to unpredictable. Um, you know, when you uh, listen to a lot of music and you watch a lot of music and so on, you, you kind of uh, get to where, well, you know, well, they're going to play this song, they're going to do this and so on and so forth. Right. But, you know, of course, uh, it, it's like a visualization. Like, you know, Ansel Adams used in landscape photography, although... Uh, it's much more uh, the fleeting moments than that. Although with landscape photography, you know, there's these things called the sun and the moon, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they they change a lot while you're shooting and so on. So actually, it's, it's not really that different. And uh, I'm losing you, know, you, you, I'm just, losing you just a little bit, ma'am Tracy. I'm losing you just a little bit. Could you get a little closer to the mic? I'm losing you just a little bit. I'm right next to my oh, phone. Right there, perfect, perfect, right there. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, you, know, you kind of uh, go to a show or uh, go to a sporting, well, mostly baseball. I also shot baseball. And you kind of, you know, you're looking for a, a certain decisive moment, as it's called. But, you know, besides that, you have to be open. 
you know, to the experience. And you have to really enjoy what you do. You know, I could probably be a much wealthier woman if I had shot a lot of bands that I didn't like. But I, I never did. I only uh, shot music that I loved. And, uh, you know, I also, I like baseball a lot, so that was easy to see as well. But, uh, you know, as far as, uh, as uh, yeah, it was such an experience. It just kind of, to me, it enhanced the experience. Because if I go to a show without a camera, it's just like, I'm like oh, man, that would have been a great picture. That would have been a great picture. So, you know, uh, it's easy. And, and you know, people... Um, are so uh, so many people criticize the use of uh, of cell phone cameras, but I, I love it. I mean, it's that immediacy, you know. And, uh, it's just a, another form of expression, and uh, it, it's uh, it's something that uh, it's a lot of fun, you know. If you um, happen to be caught somewhere without your uh, your real quote unquote camera. Uh, that's nice to have. It's nice to have that and be able to capture things. I think uh, the the rise of digital photography has uh, has actually, for me, it's enhanced things because you know, for one thing, I'm very impatient, and it's nice to see what you're getting uh, instead of having you know to wait hours and go back to the dark room and so on and so forth, and uh, so. Uh, I, I think I, it's very I, funny that it's very funny that you look at the editing back in the day of of going in the dark room and editing to something you can edit on five minutes on an app now. I would never complain about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there, you know, there's a lot of standing and a lot of really, really intensively lethal and toxic chemicals. <laughs> oh, so. I forgot about that. Yeah, so that's a good thing. You know, you sit there doing Lightroom or Photoshop and, and you're not inhaling toxic chemicals. So it's just right. a great thing. You know, people need their lungs nowadays, right? Yes, yes, man, that, that's for sure. But, you know, and the other thing is I, th I think that, you know, there's a couple things. You shoot the moon and things like that. Now, a camera's much better for that than your phone. I've I've found, but I mean you know, oh, yeah. it, it, it's it, there's certain things that just a camera is just a camera, and it, it's why it is. But you know, I, I'm not a I'm not a hater, and I don't use the word hate, but I'm not a hater. I'm not a strongly disliker on the idea of of using because I use my phone a lot for obviously for the business. But yeah, I mean, I love the fact that you covered that. I mean, for sure, without a doubt. Yes, yes, and you know, like I said, shifting to digital photography as soon as. Um, as soon as the quality caught up, because the early days of digital were, were not very good, you know, and they, uh, there were things like uh, there was a collaboration between Nikon and Kodak that was, uh, you know, it was like uh, one megapixel and it cost like $5,000, so, you know, things have changed for the better as far as that goes, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's hard to uh, to maintain a, a wet dark room and, and to have all that stuff around and to get film and so on. So, um, but I don't regret it at all. I really don't. Now, uh, getting towards your book, I mean, this is really amazing. I'll tell you what. I mean, when when uh, when Barry told me about you, Barry Rogers from Wayne PR told me about you. I was like. Because I actually remember the day that Stevie Ray Vaughan died. I, I can tell uh -huh. you exactly. I was I was giving plasma that day in Pennsylvania. 
<clears throat> and a guy walked in and sat there and said to me that, hey, did you hear? And I said, no. And I'm there, I had my arms up and everything else. So, you know, it, it was like, and I'm originally a Texas boy, San Antonio boy. Um, and even though I grew up on the East Coast, I was like, wow, there were so many moments to this. So then I went and when, when, when you and I got in contact with each other and I, I was looking over your book and I was like, man, this is fascinating to, to about someone that anybody who plays a guitar and who's some of music about should know about if they don't, it's ridiculous. But you put it together in such a, a fantastic uh, platform and, 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 and together the, these pictures are things that are just, um, man, I, I think all the, all the adus that you get from the people who wrote wonderful forwards in your book uh it's it's not enough i really really enjoy this and uh it's very nicely done thank you i appreciate that it's uh it took me quite a while you know i uh, started like literally 10 years ago and, and then uh got into it uh in, intensively uh about uh i'd say about five years ago and then the publishing process takes over a year so it's quite a process indeed your opening is one of the funniest things ever about how you got caught up meeting Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, okay. That is, that is one of the funniest things. I mean, you know, this, you know when you, you kind of like, you know, said he was kind of cute and whatever. And yeah. <laughs> I was laughing hysterically, you know, I mean, that was, how did that come about? Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I, well, that was uh, when he was, um, uh, you know, going to do the uh, tour with David Bowie, and I was sent uh, with a an independent uh, new wave music paper here in uh, Houston to go photograph him. And you know, I'd seen a lot of pictures of him. You know, with the the really bad guitar face and grimacing and so on and so forth. And I thought, man, this guy is going to be hard to shoot. <laughs> uh, and and to make him look good, especially off stage. So that that just kind of came out. You know, that wow, you're really cute. <laughs> and of course, you know, he loved that. So you know, we became friends. And and uh, you know, just seeing him. Uh, do a sound check and the passion and the motion that he put into just the sound check, you know, really solidified that. So he didn't, uh, phone, he didn't phone in the sound check? Not at all. Not at all. It was as if he was playing in, in front of uh, a couple of thousand people. And, uh, you know, he did that all the time. He just really, really loved playing the guitar and it certainly showed. You know, I, I you, you downplay your position in the book a lot as well. You know, like like you weren't, you know, rock photographer Jim Marshall or whatever and this kind of thing. But at the same time, I, I, I look at it and, and the work is, look, I, you can you can you get to be around somebody. You can predict their moves a lot of times. And, and I understand that part. But but there's there's scenes in here that are just really crazily incredible that to, to see um you know that live and you get the expression and just whether he's just downright exhausted or or tell us a little bit about what it was like to go and and, and shoot a concert that he was at um well it was exciting it was an event you know it was like um the build the build up and excitement and then uh, and then you shoot it and then you, it would kind of be like you were on a high for days after that uh it was uh 
you know, seeing shows like that, there's, there's really nothing like that. Uh, and the, the music and the, and, you know, you're, you're shooting what you want and, and everything. It's just, uh, it's, it's beyond great. It's beyond, uh, uh it's just a, a one of a kind experience. And, and, you know, every good show is that way. I guess that's why, as I said, I, I never could photograph people who I didn't like because, you know, if you're shooting, uh, people and, and you're, having those pictures out there, you're promoting them, so, so why promote bad music? And, you know, there's still a lot of really good music out there, and, and that's what I like to shoot. You know, people like uh, Gary Clark Jr. and uh, Ian Moore and Eric Chessner and Gary um, uh, Gary Gary Clark Jr., Lucas Nelson, Charlie Sexton, uh, Vintage Trouble, and, uh, you know, some people who aren't in the book, like uh, Fantastic DeGrito and Charlie Christian. Uh, Charlie Christian is, uh, not Charlie Christian. <laughs> Charlie Christian was the guitar, yeah, the, the famous uh, electric guitar player. But, uh, you know, there's, there's so many, so many great players. Charlie Crockett is who I was thinking of, and he's mainly... You know, country, old style country with a new guy. So, right. uh, those are some people to check out. Yeah, but Charlie Christian was another Freudian slip because he was so famous for for using the electric guitar in a big band setting with Glenn Miller and so on. See, uh, that's a, that's another, a, by the way, you have a beautiful picture uh, of Stevie with uh, Buddy Guy in here in Austin and in 1984, which is an unbelievable picture. I mean, that's crazy. But, um, you know, you're, you're very, I noticed you're very educated in guitars and the style, and you describe a lot of the things about Stevie and different styles in your book as well, which was, it wasn't, your book's just not pictures. You know, it's, it's, it's a real story, and I, and I love that part because it's a real story mixed in with it that you're sharing, and it, it's one of these things, like, you, you're talking about, like, his styles and what he's playing and which one of his guitars it is and, you know, and you know the names of them and all these things. I think that's what makes it more intriguing. Well, thank you. Yeah, you know, you, you kind of have to do that because uh, the way I got into that was, you know, if I, I, I heard uh, or saw or, or whatever certain things uh, musically that I really loved, I'd be like, well, now how did they do that? What, what went into to making that sound? And, you know, so that combination of sound and vision. And then uh, so, you know, it just came naturally. I mean, why would you not want to know about it? And plus, you know, as I said, I'm a cameraman and a gearhead, so, so that came naturally to me as well. But, uh, you know, as far as being the, the story there, um, of course, it's mostly Stevie's journey, but it's also mine. Because, uh, you know, what what... I went through and, and uh, came out the other side from and very similar to Stevie's struggles with addiction and and uh, just the, the whole the whole thing going on in the 80s and, and then getting into uh, the 90s and, and finally shooting clean, so to speak. It's right. a whole other thing. And, and, you know, the great thing about Stevie um, is, uh, is he put as much passion and devotion into uh, into getting clean as he did into his music, and he also 
to this day continues to inspire people who have the same addictions and the same uh, difficulties, and he inspires them to, to get help. Right, yeah, I mean, because, it, and I, I saw a clip from long ago uh, <coughs> when uh, Stevie was on uh, with his brother Jimmy when he was doing the Fabulous Thunderbirds run. Mm-hmm. And and it was amazing seeing just, I mean, two crazy, crazy guitarists that, that could get out there and just rock the place, and that you almost forgot there was a band for a minute besides them. Yes, <laughs> Yeah, they they were they were quite a combination, and uh, there's quite a bit about Jimmy Vaughn in the book as well. Because I actually I saw Jimmy um, almost a year before I uh, met Stevie, and I, I thought, you know, Jimmy was just incredible. I still think Jimmy's just incredible, and he was such a big influence on Stevie. You know what I said about you know my dad uh, being a photographer and the cameras always being around. Well, here's this. You know, kid brother who's uh, who's got this phenomenal uh, older brother who's you know almost a, a childhood or teenage guitar prodigy and has guitars around the house and he's bringing home you know Cream and Hendrix and and then uh, a lot of really great blues records and how could Stevie not pick up on that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, that's you know, Sir Paul McCartney said once you heard. Uh you know, some of these old blues things, you know, Elvis introduced them, the Muddy Waters and all these other things, and then, uh, you know, then you listen to the, the, the creams and everything else that come along the way, and those things, it, it gives you a great education that uh, is very hard second to none, I say. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, you can go out and do that by yourself, of course, but, you know, if you have uh, a mentor, uh, not necessarily... Uh, you know, showing you, well, this is how you do this and this is how you do that, but just exposing you to the music that's so important and, you know, making, having the guitars around it, you know, of course, uh, you know, Jimmy would say, well, well, you know, if you touch that guitar again, I'm going to whoop your ass. And so <laughs> touch those guitars again. You got that, that uh, sibling dynamic there. So, uh, but, you know, it was just, Stevie looked up to Jimmy so much and, and admired him so much and, and you know, was, was always uh, doing everything he could to promote Jimmy and the Thunderbirds and uh, to promote all the, the old blues guys who were still around and, and uh, you know, people like Lonnie Mack, too, and Albert King, of course, and... Uh, right. And... Yeah, and all those guys, he did everything that he could, and um, yeah, he, that was his way of giving back, was uh, throwing the spotlight on uh, on all the, the players who'd come before him. Well, that, you know, peop- I, I say a lot of times people forget that. They come out and somebody's a dynamic whiz at whatever they do, music, sports, whatever, and a lot of times they forget, well, this one's the greatest, this one's the greatest. And maybe they have jumped ahead in some steps. But you go back and you forget who paved that way for you, that golden golden uh, brickway there, walkway for you to become great. You know, th- th- people forget that sometimes. So I love the fact, just, just that you just shared that, because you have to look at who became before you. Yes, you do. I mean, you know, you you uh, you have to learn from the past, uh 
the good and the bad. So, uh, and especially, you know, in, in any artistic pursuit, it's good to, to look at what came before and, uh, and you know, learn from that. Yeah, emulate it for a while and, and then find your own path in your own journey. I didn't, I, I didn't know that he played Carnegie Hall. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear you. I said, I didn't know that Stevie Ray played Carnegie Hall. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, it was uh, uh, I think, 1984 or 5. Yeah, 1984, yes, ma'am. Yeah. I just had no idea that, that uh, I mean, not, not saying he didn't earn anything. I just didn't. People don't necessarily associate certain acts with certain, you know, buildings. And that's just right. crazy that, uh, you know, it shows just where, how, how respected and how much of a draw that yes, sitting on top sure. of New York. Yeah, that, that's, that was a big moment for him, for sure, to do those shows. And, yeah, there's a, a couple of CDs from that show and I think quite a bit of video, too. So, yeah, yeah you can look at that's, that's, now, let me ask you I, a couple questions quick, if you would, please. One, give us, like, a favorite moment or two of, of, of the, that you shared, you know, I mean, you know, because obviously you photographed him a lot. So uh, share a couple of favorite moments, if you would, with us. Well, of course, when I first met him and I, when I saw the, the sound check and I thought, oh, my God, this guy, <laughs> Uh, he's absolutely amazing. What a what a wonderful person to have found, and, and uh, just an incredible guy to to take pictures of. So so there was that, and um, and you know I'd say then in January of 1987, the first uh, shows that he played in Houston after he got sober, um, he. Uh, was you know a little bit nervous before, and it was just a wonderful show. Uh, you, there was no way that you could tell that he was nervous at all. You know that that confidence and uh, and ability just uh, carried over to everything. And those, that was actually the show where he was wearing the Native American headdress that Jimmy gave him. That was for the encore for the song Pride and Joy, and. You know, he and, and Jimmy did have some uh, Cherokee blood, so he wore that with the utmost respect. But that's one of my favorite pictures of him, because one of my other favorite photographers, uh, besides, you know, I mentioned Ansel Adams and my dad, and Jim Marshall and people like that, um, was uh, Edward Curtis, who shot all of the Native American portraits uh, at the end of... Uh, the 1800s and the beginning of 1900s. Yes, ma'am. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I kind of emulated that, and I always put that image of a long town to, uh, to kind of make it look like the stuff that Edward Curtis did. And uh, That's my favorite another, picture you took, is I'm half Cherokee uh, Indian. So that's my favorite picture. I saw that picture, and I fell in love with it. That's a gorgeous picture. He wore it with pride. And, and, you know, to be, I, I, I showed that as soon as I was looking over your book, I was like, oh my gosh, look at this picture. I'm showing my 11 year old granddaughter, look at this picture. You know, he's wearing this with pride and she's, how can you tell us that you, I'm, I'm stature and standard. And, how, and I just explained, it took me 10 minutes to explain this to her, to how much I thought of this picture. So that's a gorgeous picture. And I think you put a, you, 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 uh, parlayed a beautiful, 
uh, expression to the picture and 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 of of him showing what he thought. So I think that's a gorgeous picture. Thank you. It is definitely one of my favorites. I'll tell you, you know, I, I can't say which one is my favorite because you know your your photographs are like the kids, and you don't say, "Well, this is my favorite kid." Uh, not a good thing to do, but, um, but yeah, that that one was definitely in the in the top five, and and then the one of him you know, on the front cover of the book from. Auditorium Shores in Austin in uh, May of 1990, which was also, that was one of the, the best experiences and, and greatest shows I've ever seen in my life, you know, bar none. And uh, he's playing Voodoo Child there, and uh, I just really love the, the black background and the fact that he's got his head down, then you see his hat, and just a tiny bit of his face, but his hands on the... Uh, on number one guitar and his initials on it. You, you, there's no one else that could possibly be. And uh, right. and that was the one I chose for the cover. And then the one on the, the back cover, that was not the soundtrack of that first show in March of 1983, but that was uh, the show. And uh, that was one of my favorites, too. It just shows how, how happy uh, he was to be on stage. You know, it's like, after two shows and encores and, and so on, he just he looks like you know he's ready to play for another five or six hours, which he totally often did in Austin. So yeah, it um, like just it looked like he just showed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't. Is it okay to mention that uh, people can see more of my photography and uh, and get prints and so on at my website? And, uh, please, please give us a plug. Please tell where it's at, ma'am. Oh, okay. I, I certainly will. It's the Heights Gallery. That's T H E H E I G H T S Gallery. And uh, I'm also on Instagram as the Heights Gallery. And um, you know that's where you can see my photographs and you know a lot of the, the people that I've mentioned uh, that I've, I've shot since then. And um, also, if you want to get a print from me, that's the way to get them there, too. And the books, of course, as I said, Texas A&M Press, uh, that's Texas A&M Press, TamluPress.com, that's where you can find the book. And then uh, most indie bookstores, as I said, Parnassus in Nashville and and uh, all over the country, and, and Barnes and & Noble, and of course Amazon have the book too. If you're in uh, another country, uh, Amazon would be the way to go, because they deliver it all over the world, so that's the way to get the book. And one other favorite is, uh, it's actually not one, it's the triptych, the Texas Flood, with the three pictures where he's playing the guitar solo of Texas Flood. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, that was a great show. It was the part that was outside the Astrodome in Houston for the Labor Day weekend of 1989, and it was incredibly hot. You know, we're standing on asphalt, and uh, you just you have to uh, listen to music that transcends the pain of, of standing there in the Texas heat. And well, uh, that Miss Tracy, 
East Texas and Houston hot and humid? Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, we're not known for that at all. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would have never known. No, really. You can't, no one can, unless you've been there, you can't identify. And then you put a leather outfit on him, a hat, a guitar strap, and you put a guitar on him up on stage. That's just crazy that. I'd be uncomfortable before I got started playing. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Yeah, and then uh, also pull a bunch of heavy cameras and lenses, you know. That's, right, uh, yes, man. And that was when I was stuff. shooting Nikon again with the, the big telephoto lenses when Stevie had started playing the, the bigger venues, and uh, those, those are heavy, and yes. they were very heavy at the time with the, the motor drives and so on, so... Uh, so that was that was really something. But uh, I was uh, just thrilled to get those pictures. Catch the Flood is such an important song for Stevie, and it was the name of his first album and the song on the first album. And and uh, you know, of course, it just kind of sums everything up because he was a Texas Flood. He was a, a force of nature, and uh, that the actual three pictures in that triptych. Uh, he picked those off my contact sheet, and the contact sheet is also in the book. Um, at the next show that I saw him at, he said, well, those three are my favorite. Uh, and so I put that together uh, as a triptych. And, you know, like I said, he's uh, playing the solo Texas Flood. And, and you can see those big, heavy strings, and, and uh, he's bending them in the faces that you need to make to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's those are three of my absolute favorites as well. And, and I'll mention real quick, you have three wonderful forwards in here. Would you adjust those just for a minute, please? I mean, you know, Eric Customer, I mean, geez, I mean, come on, you know, David Grissom, I'm now Colt. I mean, I, 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 that's just amazing. Yeah, those are three of my favorite players and, and friends. And what I wanted to do with Eric Kessmer, uh, Eric is a, a, a younger guy, and, uh, you know, he came out of uh, Austin by way of Wisconsin where he was born. So he listened to Stevie when he was a kid, and, and you know, he, he reflects that in his forward that Stevie was the best friend he never had because... You know, Stevie's music was uh, was there, and it was all encompassing, and so on, and it was such a, a comfort and, and a joy. And uh, then David Grissom, I wanted to get someone who's uh, also just one of the all-time best players, as is Eric. And uh, but David Grissom, older, a little bit older, and uh, he actually, you know, is almost a contemporary of Stevie's and was there when Stevie was just starting out, so he brings that perspective to it. And then uh, Nolly Colt uh, was born in Sweden. He plays with the band Vintage Trouble uh, out of L.A., and they're, they're really great, you know, if you can ever catch them. If we ever start having live concerts again. Uh, he was, you know, in Sweden, and um, he... Yeah, I started listening to, to the album Texas Flood and the Stevie on Bowie's album Let's Dance and fell in love with that music and became a guitar player himself. So I wanted to get three totally different perspectives and, and those guys more than provided that. I'm, I'm very grateful to them for, for doing those forwards. 
Yeah, it's it's wonderful, and and uh, I, I loved it. Look, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, we're talking to Tracy Ann Hart. Her book out is called Seeing Stevie Ray, about the great late Stevie Ray Vaughan. This is an awesome book, man. You don't even have to be a big music buff to dig this book. The pictures, the story, everything is really, really, really cool about this book. And if you are a music guy or girl, or you are a... Uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan fan, this is the ticket right here. It all, but it also gives it a personal, a personal touch to it, which I like. I said I love your story involved in this, from from meeting him all the way on down. I think it was very well done, uh, and I think everybody should run out and get one, and also check out her prints because this this lady can take some serious serious pictures. Her uh, she she is a photographer, and uh, I love it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go check out some more of your work myself. But, I mean, it is really good. Please, one more time, tell everybody where they can find all your social media, where they can buy your prints. Tell my listeners, please. Okay. Well, I'm on Facebook as Tracy Ann Hart. I'm on Instagram as The Heights Gallery. And I'm on, uh, I, my website is uh, theheightsgallery.com. And that's, uh, as I said, it's the Heights. It's uh, a neighborhood in Houston where I used to have a brick-and-mortar gallery. And, and, you know, thank God I made the transition to Strictly Online because that's, uh, that's a very good thing to have right now. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. That You know, people dressed up as air like people dressed up as chairs and arenas. You know, that's not that, – that they don't buy tickets. Yes, yes. And, you know, as far as uh, supporting bands and venues – uh, there's a lot of stuff on social media. There's uh, bands that are streaming uh, live music on Instagram and Facebook and, and so on. And uh, if you can, uh, you know, if you're able to uh, listen to those uh, those shows, and, and you know, most of them have uh, PayPal or some other form of payment uh, virtual tip jar set up. So. So that's a good thing to do as well, and to also try to support some of these venues because these the venues are a lot of them are, are really struggling and are on the brink of totally going out of business. So you know whatever the the venues are in your town, if you see they're having a, an auction or or they have PayPal or something set up, by all means, uh, do what you can to help them. Absolutely, yeah. and bookstores too. So. I mean, you know, reach out to yes. local bookstores. You bet you did Nashville. We have Parnassus, which I, I I know the wonderful people over there. But make sure to go online if you can't pick it up. They'll order it. Whatever you can do, be safe, be reasonable, be smart, but also help out your neighborhood guys because, you know, they're your neighbors. And I appreciate you bringing that up. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a true pleasure. Uh, you know, I, I think you're an iconic photographer. I mean, I, I'm, I've, had a, I've had several huge photographers on the show, and I am so glad that I add your name to our list of guests because uh, you made well, me a fan, ma'am. You've really made me a fan. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on and to talk about the book and, and you know, to, to introduce some people to Stevie's uh, talent and to, uh, to carry on the legacy. And, and uh, you know, so the, the music is vital, you know, even as, uh, as the, the players pass on the, the music is vital and it's out there and it, it needs to be heard i was going to ask you what you what what your story was to convince if you could re if you could share one thing 
with your experience with the late, great Stevie Ray Vaughan, what would it be that you'd want his fans to know? Um, well, that's a very difficult question. There's so much. Uh, you know, you have the, the onstage Stephen and, and just, uh, you know, absorbing the, the passion that he had for the music and then the offstage Stephen. Uh, he was had a great sense of humor, but he was a very humble man. And uh, that was throughout his whole life. And, of course, uh, when he got clean, that was so much more. And, you know, when I was uh, struggling with my addictions, and, you know, life is a struggle, and it goes on. But uh, he told me some things, you know, he talked to me and told me uh, that you can't do it alone. Um, that you, you know, you need to do it alone, but you, you have to have support. And, and whether that support is uh, AA or NA or or uh, your friends, or uh, just uh, reflecting back on, on the struggles that uh, uh, people who you love and admire went through, well, you know, you got to have that. you got to have something. So I think, you know, sitting down and talking to me about, uh, you know, what I was going through and, that, you know, when I was ready, uh, he would be there, and unfortunately, that... He wasn't there in the flesh, but definitely in the spirit to help me when I was ready to quit. And uh, that's that's something I I feel like I can't ever pay back. But uh, but you know I don't know if he would want me to because as I said he was so humble and he was all about helping people and helping people find their way. So well, maybe you're uh, not paying back. Maybe, maybe you're paying forward. Maybe you're paying yes, forward exactly. by the book and what you just said. Maybe you know that's that's the best payback is you know he's you're paying it forward. Yeah, and, and one one more thing about uh, uh, you know literally uh, supporting and being charitable. Stevie, uh, one of his favorite charities was the Food Bank, and when I sell prints, I I always donate a percentage of that money to the Food Bank because uh, you know paying it forward and paying it back that's just something that I. I feel needs to keep going, and, and you know, right now there's a an unprecedented demand for for food. <laughs> there's uh, people who are starving literally out there, and, and need help. So, uh, so that's something I would do, and and I always have done, and, and will definitely continue to do. So, uh, and you know, you don't have to buy a print from me, but by all means, consider making a contribution to the food bank or, as I said, the clubs or the bands that you love. And, and uh, you know, we can't take the, the times and the economic times for granted. We all have to help each other. Uh, yes, ma'am, I think that's a great message. And I do encourage them to go, uh, you know, help out the food banks because they definitely need it. And to go buy your book or buy a print. Ladies and gentlemen, Tracy Ann Hart, thank you. Please, when, when, the, when the tours open back up, would you please come back on? Oh, I'd love to, yeah. I'd love to come to Nashville and I'll actually see a couple of the uh, guitar stores that y'all have there and, and hang out and so on. Maybe do something in one of the guitar stores with Eric Tesla or someone. We yeah. will we, we will definitely talk to some people down there. We have some friends down here as well. Ladies and gentlemen, Tracy Ann Hart, seeing Stevie Ray 
Go to your local book deal online. Get it right now. Local bookstore, Amazon. It's a fantastic book. Thank you, ma'am, for coming on the Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast. It has been a true pleasure. All right. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day. Stay safe. All right. You too.